You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Tonight we had a really fun episode. Uh, We started with Sean. So tonight I had some great stories, you know, things that can go terribly wrong at your friend and family member's houses. One, haunting at a family member's house that escalated to a traumatic experience (laughs) and a haunted sleepover. Jeez. And then I shared some stories tonight. First one about near-death experiences twice to the same person. And then another one that is truly terrifying and I would never want to be in that situation. And you'll just have to listen to hear. I shared a story tonight that takes place in Idaho uh, about a few friends moving into a house shortly after high school and them learning of the house's previous tenants and finding some really dark things uh, months after living there. So stay tuned. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Anyway. Welcome to 3 a.m. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. What's the scariest thing you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3 a.m. is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, or personal experience, the validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to 3 a.m. <laughs> I messed up already. Welcome to 3 a.m. Why? I like mumbled my words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, dude, when we recorded our intro, I said 3 a.m. the worst. I go, 3 a.m. Yeah. And you kept that one. You used me instead of using someone else. I remember when we recorded, you kept being like, bro, you're saying like 3 a.m. And I was like, how else do I say it? And that's the one that is like used. It's funny. Anyway. Small price to pay. <laughs> Meanwhile, I look like a serial killer to everybody. What do you mean? Because I held the knife out to that kid's neck when I was, when I was like 10 years old. Uh, Early signs of a serial killer. Oh, real quick. Mom, you remember that story? My mom's in the studio, by the way. Uh, shout out moms. <laughs> um, you remember that story where DJ held the knife up to a kid's throat? Okay. So he told two stories that night and one of them was about someone's dad. Really personal. You had to get permission to share it. How he murdered someone. Or got murdered. He like stabbed someone. Okay, here, got- here's the story. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just piecing bullshit together. You could just tell me. Quick story before actual story time. So 
My girlfriend invites a bunch of her friends over. You guys weren't there. <laughs> You're not friends. <laughs> uh, to her place just to hang out, play games, whatnot. And one of our friends brings their friend. I've never met her before. She seems nice. It's whatever. And in the middle of the conversation, our friend, Willow, by the way, who doesn't listen to this, but she says, oh, Mallory, uh, you and her, the new, referring to the new girl, Mallory is my girlfriend. Mallory, uh, you'd get along with her because her dad died too. <laughs> Super appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my girlfriend and I guess this new girl are on that level of, you know, being able to. It's like we talk about like trolling yeah. the most deepest wound you can. Yeah. It's like how we cope That's with friendship. It. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they both started laughing and, um, new girl says to my girlfriend, how did your dad die? <laughs> and my girlfriend says, oh, uh, he died of, of lung cancer. And Mallory says to her, how about your dad? And she says, well, do you want uh, the truth or <laughs> what I tell everybody? <laughs> and what do you say to that? Immediately percolating, dude. Yeah, <laughs> everyone <truth>. like tense you know? <laughs> elephant in the room. So my girlfriend says, whatever you're comfortable with <laughs> and she says, well, my dad was stabbed in the back almost 50 times. Okay. I'm sorry for laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's like I'm in that situation. I would die inside. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and my girlfriend says, well, is that the truth or what you tell everybody? And the girl says, that's the truth. <laughs> so what happened was her parents divorced. After some time, her dad started dating again. And he takes out this nice girl, first date, brings her home. And while they're at home, they hear a noise. They hear the door open and they look and the girl, his date just freezes, you know, is frozen in fear. Turns out that's her ex-husband. And he followed her on her date and he murdered both of them. It's in the papers. You can read about it. I'm not going to say the names, but I searched it myself. <laughs> and Was he uh, dressed up as a FedEx driver? <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe a UPS or um, Amazon. Yeah. He's just regular He's USPS. He's a Bezos boy. Dude. <laughs> yeah. What can Brown do for you? Yeah. Um, step. <laughs> step. Uh, just yeah, kidding. So that's what disrespectful. Happened. So Sorry I shared that, that story. And I also on that same episode, I shared the story about how, how I held the knife to the kid's neck. But also before we recorded, you were texting her getting permission. Yeah. To share the story. Yeah. So that's why I was like, we weren't even sure if we were going to keep that story in, but you shared another story. Yeah. Where I, I held the knife up to a kid's neck neck because we were kids. This is me trying to justify right now. <laughs> I was young. I was young, <laughs> naive. Um, seemed like a cool thing to do at the same time. Cool thing to do. We're all into war and like guns and whatnot. And it wasn't anything serious. Like I wasn't trying to hurt him. It was like we were playing war. Would you say it's just a prank, bro? It was just a prank, bro. I promise. Uh, And as I held it to his neck, his father walks down and he's just looking at me. It's like when you're watching a movie and the one pair of boobs in the entire movie, your mom walks in. You're like, I swear, I swear, this isn't the movie. It's not what it looks yeah. like. I'm uh, just trying to kill your son. Yeah. <laughs> he looks at me and he says, don't do that. 
Yeah. So I told that story and I was like, man, I don't want everybody knowing that I held a knife to a kid's neck when I was a kid. So I texted Charles that night. I said, take off that knife story. Well, real quick, like, when when me and DJ are editing the episode, we usually text each other back. Be like, bro, do we leave this in? I don't know. Should we leave that in? I don't. So we like we text each other a lot. So he hits me late at night. I'm like almost done editing. He's like, hey, man, can you take out the knife story? That's all you said. Yeah, that's all I said. So <laughs> it was it was my fault. And so I was like, oh, the knife story, the one he got permission for the, where the guy was stabbed 93 times in the back. I was like, oh, yeah, dude, I got you. So I cut that whole story <laughs> and I was like, got you, bro. And he's like, cool, went to bed. And I'm listening to the episode <laughs> when it releases when 400 people across the, the world across. <laughs> I don't know the city <laughs> have list, uh, have already listened to it and I get to the point where I'm telling the sto- the part about uh were you sweating it like hey, he, I mean he's cutting it kind of close <laughs> <laughs> it's getting real close to the story I I knew it pretty quick I was like what? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I just texted him I was like, I told you to take out the nice story he's like I did take out the nice story it's just big miscommunication and <laughs> I mean, I guess it's all good now. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows you're a freak, dude. Yeah. I mean, he was the only Howley in our city, so. <laughs> so it was a hate crime. Yeah, it was a, yeah. <laughs> he deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the moral there are of the story. too many of you. <laughs> but welcome to the 3 a.m. podcast. My name is DJ. My name is Charlie. My name is Sean. Uh, we're just a bunch of friends. Tell scary stories, talk about current events, uh, make light about dark things. Yeah. In-depth <laughs> political discussions. Uh, <laughs> we know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So listen, <laughs> submit. But real quick, if you're listening and we know some people don't like the banner, banter, banner, <laughs> uh, you can go ahead and look in the description of the po- of the episode. There should be a timestamp that will you can go to. Skip to yeah. the, <laughs> the story portion of our podcast. <laughs> I'm struggling. Yeah. But for our real friends, you can listen to the you're in for a good one. Yeah, <laughs> we were supposed to be in Hawaii right now. Ooh. I think we can't complain about it too much. We sound like I know I know biatches. but to kind of compensate for that, we're going to like Powell this weekend mm-hmm. or week. We leave tomorrow, all of us or most of us mm. and the rest of us meet up uh, next week. But like Powell's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I've been in Oregon for the last two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Yeah. So we were recording remotely. You guys who saw the post, something happened to our audio. Straight up would not work. We spent hours trying to make it work. We even recorded a fair portion of our intro. And that's when it stopped. And all of a sudden, just the computer stopped. Never done that before. It's working perfectly fine now. We had no trouble with it <sighs> Did you setting that? it up today. Did you see that guy who said gremlins? Question mark? Yeah, dude. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> oh, to get us. Uh, but I had a lot of fun. I went whitewater rafting. I went rock climbing. I went hiking. Just all the outdoor things. It was awesome. Cool. Cool. Sean was there for a portion of it. How was yeah, that? I was there for a couple of days. It was fun. Went to the beach in Oregon. The chilled. coast. Yeah. Y'all had um, like a bonfire on the beach. Bro, we actually. Is that le- that's legal there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, oh, man, it was legal in Hawaii when I was a kid. Until the white man, bro. Yeah, until the white man ruined it. What does they that say about everything, Oregon, dude? <laughs> um, dude, while we were at the beach, Sean and I, I don't know how it started, okay? Uh, we packed snacks, and my wife is bougie, so she made a, like a cheese board uh, for the beach. Oh, yeah, dude. 
And some in, craft singles. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Some easy cheese. No, we got it's that. Uh, cheese in a can. No. A Velveeta. Cheese whiz, dude. Leaning tower of cheese. No. So she had like a ton of pepperoni, salami, uh, pepper jack, all this stuff, right? Mm. And someone, I don't know if it was you or Janelle, is like, I'm about to grill a mini pizza. So instead of doing s'mores, they put on pepperonis, pepper jack, got it super toasty and like melty and then put it on like not wheat thins. What were they? Triscuits. 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 Bro, mini pizzas instead of s'mores. Delicious. Wow. So good. <laughs> that's delicious. On a Triscuit? On that's a- like the evolution of a wheat thin. I know for real. Triscuits are like for old people. Kids eat that. And they're like, this is disgusting. <laughs> I love it. Kids go for, for those old chicken flavored crackers, bro. Yeah. Whatever those are called. I chicken and know. a biscuit. Dude, yeah, chicken yeah. biscuit. Yeah, so good. It's fire. <laughs> what are we talking about? Um, I was in Yellowstone for the first time. That was fun. Saw bison for the first time. And you said you had video of it, right? Yeah. I'll post it. We got super lucky uh, when we got there. We got there Friday night and we left Sunday. As we drove into the park, everyone's leaving the park. And as we get to the campsite, it's like sunset. So it's the end of the day. Right when we get through the gate, about 10 minutes after, there's a bison in the middle of the road in front of our car. Dude, how big was it? Uh, Like half the size of our car. And we were <laughs> driving a Suburban. Ooh, oh, man. massive, huge. I've never seen it before. They're heads, dude. All I could think of was Avatar, The Last Airbender. Appa. Like Appa. <laughs> yep, yep, boy. Dope, yeah. 100%. And because everyone was leaving, coming the opposite direction, there was no car behind us, like, pressuring us to go. So we were just following it for, like, 10, 15 minutes. That's like, so sick. 10 yards in front of our car, and it was dope. That's sweet. Yeah, Yellowstone's beautiful. It's the laziest national park I've been to. <laughs> the laziest? Yeah, and, and, like, the sense that, you just you don't have to get off your, your car once and you see the most beautiful things. <laughs> obviously, we got out. We did some hiking, but like the park is so big. Oh, yeah. It's like a state. Yeah, it could be Yellowstone State. Wyoming is Yellowstone, <laughs> um, but like Zion's is just like one big canyon with one road. You drive in and yeah. you drive out and only takes like what an hour to drive in if you go in as far as you can. Yeah, ish. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like Yellowstone. There's so many places you can drive to. And because we didn't have like a, a ton of time there, we kind of drove a lot. But <laughs> there you go. It was fun. It was a good time. Cool. Cooked some bougie ass food. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Oh, you told me. That's right. Had a, a cast iron pizza, cinnamon rolls. So the first time I tried cooking those like in the woods. I'm low key starving right now. So, <laughs> so, so shut up. Thank you. <laughs> It was dope. So we had, awesome. we had a good time outdoors. All of us. Sounds like about to have a good end to our summer. Yeah. And like Powell. So I'm happy to be back. I'm happy we're back in the studio, the temporary studio. <laughs> yeah. So another update, me, Sean, and our intern, Kevin, <laughs> are moving into a new place, brand new house. So we'll be setting up studio there for hopefully a while. a while. Hopefully a while. Yeah. Yeah. At least a, a year, another year, but it would be nice. Yeah. Not as cramped because we're in our bedroom, my bedroom right now. But <laughs> yeah, that's the update on our lives. Uh, Story time or question time? Question time. Go. Okay. We asked you guys earlier today, what do you want to know about us? And here are some of your questions. Okay. So we had this question come from two people. So I'm going to ask this one from... 
Jake January and from Aaron Block. What was your first paranormal encounter and how old were you when you had your first spooky experience? So we'll just roll those together. How old were you and what was that paranormal experience? I've shared mine before, I think. I was about six, maybe seven, not older than seven. But I was in first grade when I first learned about night marchers. Oh, yeah. And quick recap, if you haven't listened to earlier episodes, I talk about night marchers. It's a myth, legend, superstition, uh, tale uh, known by all locals in Hawaii. And night marchers are basically the spirits of a lot of the royalty from ancient Hawaii. So all the kings, queens, King Kamehameha and whatnot. And they march at night ha, uh, with torches. So the sign that you know that they're night marchers is two, two things. You'll see their torches in the mountains on these sheer cliffs, you know, and two, you'll hear like the banging of drums, like they walk to the beat of a drum. So what you're supposed to do is if you encounter night marchers, you're supposed to get out of the path or if it's too late, you are not supposed to look them in the eye. You're supposed to get down on the ground, kind of like bowing before them, strip yourself naked and piss yourself. Casual. So that's how you show that you're below royalty and you allow them to pass. If not, there's been stories where people have been found white with their fingers bent all the way back and their eyes rolled all the way back. So I learned about that in uh, first grade. (laughs) Oh, casual. (laughs) And uh, I remember coming home that night and being so terrified. My parents said it was bedtime. It was super late, about 7.30 p.m. in Hawaii. And uh, I remember standing at the bottom of our, our stairs and looking up into the darkness. And our hallway light wasn't working. <laughs> so it was pitch black upstairs. And I remember just crying, 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 crying. And thinking that there were night marchers up there. But there was one day where... Oh, I skipped this part. Man, you were dumb, huh? Yeah, no, I'm just <laughs> um, night marchers have been known to carry people from one location to, to another. So they always travel like these paths that they would, I don't know, travel in ancient times. So if you're in the way, like if you're sleeping, they'll like carry you and move you. <laughs> so I guess that's another way to get away from it. Just sleep. But um, I remember learning about that and I think I used to sleepwalk as a kid, which is probably the actual reason to this, but I remember waking up outside one morning. Whoa. I don't think you've ever told us that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I woke up outside one morning and I I woke up, I walked back inside and went right back to sleep indoors, like on my bed. Bro, if I was your parents, I would have moved you outside and be like, them (laughs) night marchers, bro. (laughs) For real. Sean's going to be an awesome father. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and that was around the time that I learned about night marchers. So when I was a kid, I thought it was like, you know, I got abducted by night marchers, but just to downstairs. (laughs) Just to the yard. Some lazy marchers, dude. (laughs) Like, damn, this kid's fat. (laughs) You'd be in all that Cinnabon, bro. (laughs) That was my first, I guess, encounter. When I was a kid, I thought that was, you know, a real ghost story, you know, but... Hmm. I uh, remember being told scary stories when I was maybe nine, like my grandpa, my mom's side, my papa, 
he told me about the mud man smoky pipe from my grandma like a couple different scary stories that i remember being really scary at the time uh-huh. and then i guess paranormal experience dude probably not until i was like 21 dude sean's like i used to lie in bed and hear this growling <laughs> i'd be like that's probably my stomach because we haven't eaten all day <laughs> <laughs> these onions aren't enough <laughs> it's just the hunger monster <laughs> i'm sorry dog starvation stuff um, <laughs> but what do you remember like your first encounter so first time we've heard stories yeah first okay. time like but then nine. the first time you were like i don't know what that was like 21 is that when you were in the philippines yeah and i mean we've i've told this story before back on Actually, it may have been on our first three episodes. So most of you probably haven't heard this. Yeah, probably haven't. Um, I lived in this apartment in the Philippines and just weird stuff would happen. So I was living with this other guy and one time I go out of the house and then come back in 10, 20 minutes later and he's not where he was when I left and he's like locked in the bedroom and (laughs) I like knock on the door and asked him what was going on. And he was like, I was just at my desk out there in the, the living room. And I turned around and someone was on the couch watching me. And I was like, okay, first of all, you need to chill, bro. You're probably on something. <laughs> and didn't Sean believe him, of course. Eternally skeptical. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the Mormon missionaries there on the spirit. <laughs> The next day, we went to our landlord's house to pay rent, and I was paying the rent. He was looking at a photo album with her kid or whatever, and all of a sudden starts freaking out and tells me to come over to look at this picture. So I come and look, and it's a dude sitting on that couch that's in our apartment. So I was like, uh, I picked up the photo album, went over to the, our landlord. I was like, who is this? She said, oh, that's my husband. He actually passed away last year. In that house before we started renting it out. And that's who he saw. That's that's who he said he saw. Had he ever, is there any way he had seen that picture before? I don't think so. Okay. But I also don't know if I fully believe him because he was prone to lying and. (laughs) Oh, dude, credible. (laughs) And uh, making things up. Uh Um, So. Allegedly, that was the person he saw. Interesting. Um, Then there was another time where I woke up in the middle of the night, probably like 3 (gasps) a.m., and I hear like children calling our names, like a really hushed call. And I was like, okay, it's probably our landlord's kid in the back because they live behind our house. So I get out of bed, go to the back door, I open the door, and there's nothing there. And I hear it again. And I was like, okay, this is really weird. Like, like, are they saying your, specifically your name? Elders is what they're calling. They're Ew. calling, it, it's not like elders. I was like, uh, so I went and checked the front. I was like, maybe there's some kids out front. Nothing. And at that point I decided to go back to bed because I didn't find anything. Obviously there was nothing around. I don't see a lot of scenarios where that's like a good ending. Yeah. So yeah, going back to bed <laughs> is probably the, you know, you're supposed to hide under your covers. Uh, that's what keeps you safe. Step one. Um, and then the third thing that happened to me was uh, one morning we were and to preface this. We were about three hours from the main city by bus. It was so far out there in the middle of nowhere. So we'd have to ride a bus to go all the way in to go shopping. Hmm. 
So one morning we woke up or we were planning on waking up and going shopping and we were actually going to go play basketball in the uh, city as well with a bunch of other guys. And we wake up at like four and it's pouring rain. So I was like, you know, there's no way they're playing basketball. We can make it another week without having to go shopping because I got ramen. Oh, you're set. Set and eggs. That was all I ate for six months. But anyways, um, so it's pouring rain. Uh, the, the other, I tell the other guy, I was like, Hey man, just go back to bed. We're not going to go. But I remembered telling the guys that were in an area further than us that we would meet them out front and ride the bus with them because our house was right on the main road. So I figured I'd wait up for them. So I go out to our front porch, which had this covered porch area and it's right on the main road, but it's four in the morning pouring rain. So there's nobody. It's completely dark. And outside of the rain, no sounds. And I was just sitting there on this chair. I hear this voice. It was audible to me. And it said, go back inside. So I'm like, okay, no reason not to. So I get up and go back inside and close the screen door. And it was one of those screen doors like you can see out of it if you're like standing next to it, but you can't really see in. So I decided to stand there for a second and just kind of watch. And not 10 seconds after I'd closed that door, I see this dark figure walk past where I had just been sitting. And it was dark outside. So whatever it was, was even darker. It was just like this pitch black figure that walked past where I was. And there was no one else outside either. No cars on the road, nothing. So I don't know what it was. I decided, you know, screw the other guys. They can head into the big city. I'm going to go back to bed. Uh-huh. And bought a machete that day as well. <laughs> but that was my first experience. It was probably when I was, actually it was probably 20. So you had an audible warning. To me, I, I feel like it was audible. Hmm. Like maybe it was my head. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Huh. That's crazy. Yep. Uh, mine, I've always been into scary things. Always told scary stories with my cousins. We've always wanted to. I think it was probably hearing things in my house might be the first time. And I've told those before, but when I turned 16 and got a license, I constantly was going out to haunted places. So that that's probably my first encounter with haunted <laughs> things. There you go. And if you want to hear those stories, go, go back and listen to all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask two more short ones for us. Okay. Uh, from Nikki Tembo, what kind of bender would you be? Water. Earth. Fire. Whoa. <laughs> And our intern, Kevin, would be air, even though he claims, just kidding, he claims he'd be the avatar. Yeah, he's not. He would be. He would be the cabbage guy. (laughs) Uh, uh, Kevin is the avatar when he escapes in the ice for 100 years, and then 100 more years, and then 100 more years, and then just never wakes up. (laughs) Kevin's Uh, Appa. Yeah. Uh, So Charlie would be water. I've always had an affinity with water. It's where I come alive, you know? Okay. Okay. Just feel myself in water. <laughs> DJ, you said earth? Yeah. Why? Uh, I don't know. I think it's the coolest. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you watch uh, Legend of Korra, oh. then you learn that they can also bend metal. Metal. That's true. I can bend, bend blood, dog. And when, when I was a blood kid, I cool. thought Magneto was one of the coolest villains. Oh, oh yeah. I yeah. loved his story and I loved his superpower. Uh-huh. So, I don't know. Mine is for a nerd ass reason. 
exclusively. Yeah. <laughs> and then Sean's just uncontrollable rage. Yeah, I was going to say, I just have a really repressed anger, sometimes not repressed. So you just want to burn the world. Yeah. Okay, I feel you. Nice. Thank oh, you, Nikki. Last one from Jerkberg. Who would win in a fight? Sean, DJ, or Charles? Like physical, no weapons? Sean. Physical, no weapons. In a, think in a you know rap what, battle, what, Charles. What would be really terrifying? What? Is you and Kevin. Like fighting? Yeah. Like us two? Kevin is freakishly strong. He is strong. He do, probably, I'm going to go ahead and say he doesn't have the cardio you do. <laughs> he would agree. So I'm not talking <laughs> shite right now. Uh, but I've seen Kevin carry people on hikes for like three miles on his back. And I'm like, how, how did you do that? <laughs> so if he somehow got you in a position where he could like kick you with his massive legs to death, you could be in trouble. That's it would be like an one and done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like a donkey, dude. Yeah. Just kick you right in the He's heart. He's like the inventor it. of the haymaker. Like <laughs> Jordan also, don't discount him. Dude, one time Jordan and I were wrestling when we were in the trap house and he straight up threw me over his shoulders. And Sean, especially back then, Dude, yeah. When we were in the trap house, I was 250. Yeah, and Jordan was one, uh, 10. One, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some change. So, um, yeah, Jordan comes from a long history of wrestling. So, one might say Feisty he was boy. fifth in the nation. Yeah. For his weight. Yeah. Period. Then pound he, for pound. Then he uh, hurt his shoulder all downhill. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> come at me. Uh, DJ, I'm not going to discount you. You've got that poly rage. I don't know if we've ever talked about it. Like a time when you like maybe put a knife to someone's throat or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Don't bring your fist to a knife fight. (laughs) Um, Charles is Asian. So yeah, I might know Kung Fu. I don't know. Neither do you. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) But you won't see me. Unlike DJ's stalker, the, yeah, dude. the blind I Asian saw him. Oh, I yeah. saw him. You need to be updating us constantly yeah. if you see that guy. I saw him. He was crossing the street by himself. Did you ask if he remembered you again? <laughs> hey. <laughs> yelled out the window, dude. Man. Oh, terrifying. Yeah. Sean would win. It wouldn't be fun. Me or fun. Yeah. But if DJ and I got to gang up on you, it would be interesting. We'd have a chance. For sure. I can scratch real hard, dude. (laughs) (laughs) You have no idea. I'm not about that scratch in life, so. That's all I have to say. (laughs) If for for those of you that are just listening, Charles did like some claws with his fingers real quick. And that was scary. Nice. (laughs) Wow. Fun discussion. Good questions. Um, Speaking of fighting and warring. I'm transitioning to the warring bit. Uh, <laughs> kind of scary. So, in I, I, I've, I read this in an article talking about animals that were used in war. Ooh. And uh, I was reading about a specific era in like 250 BC about and like civilizations would go to war with elephants. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Elephants, dude. Yeah. Do you know what the most effective thing was against those elephants? Mice. No. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, get a, a little bigger. Cats. No, a little bigger than that. Dogs. Big dogs. No. 
I don't remember. Armies used pigs. <gasps> what the? They sent War thousands. Pigs? No, no, they just sent thousands of pigs when they were charging with their elephants, and the elephants would get terrified of squealing pigs. <laughs> that, yeah, Who isn't of, terrified of squealing <laughs> yeah, pigs? That's like everyone else. <laughs> thousands of them, and the elephants would freak out, not listen to I don't know their circus riders or ringleader. <laughs> Uh, and they would like trample their own. So armies started raising their elephants with pigs to not be afraid to not be afraid. Smart. It goes even further than that. Oh my gosh, dude. So when they started learning, oh, they're starting to like not be afraid of our pigs. Then the next step was they would get their pigs. They would drench them in resin. And they would light them on fire. Oh my gosh. And they sent them out to do the same thing. So not only were they squealing pigs, but they were fiery squealing pigs. This is 100% fact. Dude, just some squealing ass chicharrones coming up. (laughs) Some spicy ass bacon. (laughs) It's like, I'm terrified, but hungry (laughs) right now. I mean, let's take a break, everyone, for a second. One runs by you to strip its whole back fat. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Heal yourself of all wounds. <laughs> Get right back to battle. Dude, that's that uh, mobile luau right there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> on today I learned with 3 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was terrifying and fascinating. It is so, both. Dude, but what was PETA doing about that? <laughs> Probably tweeting about it. <laughs> Probably sending ravens about it. Still trying to get on. No, dude, that's bad to the ravens. No, yeah. Still trying to come at Steve Irwin. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's so fun. That's how. That's so funny how that was like the downfall, or I don't know, just like everyone like put their fist down. I was like, do not touch Steve. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy because with meme culture right now, it's almost like nothing is sacred except for like, like four ev- figures. Everybody makes Mr. fun. Mister Rogers. Of- Steve, Steve Irwin, Irwin Bob, Bob Ross, yeah. even Kobe. That's like I, I, I've seen. He's definitely no go zone. Yeah, yeah. But that's like our Mount Rushmore of no go right now. Ooh. Mm. Um, what do you have to do to get to that position? Just be a good yeah. dude. Yeah, or be good at what you do too. Because I'm sure there were a lot of people who were like Kobe's the worst when they were playing against him. Huh. But he but was still respected him. Yeah, dude. He was a game. Grinded, dude. Yeah. Fun. Cool. Did we say Mr. Rogers? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I feel like he's there. He's here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard. Uh, uh, less roll. Bro, I actually have something to say before we okay, do go. stories. So I was really late today mm. to the studio to record. And yeah, it started. Uh, let, let me tell this. <laughs> Char- Charles, Charles was driving back from Portland uh, last night. Uh, today is Saturday. We usually record on Mondays. So we're uh, about uh, five days late <laughs> or two days early. Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> Charles is like, let's do two o'clock. And then it went to, oh, I'm going up to the mountains. How about uh, four o'clock? It's like, okay. No later than five, five thirty. No replies, no texts. And he's like, oh, I just got out of the mountains, dude. At uh, 730. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be there as soon as possible. Start, got here at 730. And now we're recording. It's uh, it's like nine, dog. It is nine. It's 2100 oh. hours on my military <laughs> clock. Okay, so part of the reason I was late. One, 
Sean and I have been searching for a graveyard oh, in the mountains God. for years and years. So we would take my uh, Mitsubishi. No, what was it? Suzuki, Suzuki Swift, which is essentially an Go RC kart. car. <laughs> Anything but what it is. <laughs> and Sean and I would drive it up the mountains. And at one point, the road stops and it's straight up like gravel road. And then it goes from gravel road to the boulders. Boulders. So my Suzuki Swift was so small, we could drive around like all the divots in the road and boulders. So we weren't really like four wheeling. We were just going on like a maze. It's just like the, the life of ants. <laughs> yeah, dude. And we would do this like every weekend. It would be like, do you want to go look for the graveyard? Because someone told us there's an abandoned mining town up Alpine Loop. And near the abandoned mining town, we looked it up and it says there's a graveyard, an abandoned graveyard up in the mountains. So Sean and I are like, yeah, we have to find that. So we would just be like, let's go look for it. Okay. So we'd go drive up as far as we could, find a little uh, foot by foot space and just park my car there and get out and just start walking. And we did it a ton of times. And at one point we passed some rangers and they were like, everything good? We're like, yeah, we're just looking for a mine. And he's like, oh, it's like way past this way. Like, keep going several, <laughs> a couple miles, you know, never found it. Today, I go on a hike. I'm not going to tell the viewers where it is because I don't want a lot of people going up there. <laughs> but I'll tell you guys later. Actually, I already told you. Yeah. And it's the, it's the mine. So they still have mine carts. They have like parts of the mine still up and you can go look at it. And it's sick. And there's an old cabin. It's on my phone. I can't show you a photo. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's not the real reason I'm late. The real reason I'm late is because there's a lake up there where we did a picnic and it was cool and we were floating and I'm in this lake for a really long time and we get out. I'm defloating, deflating the <laughs> raft and I'm just standing in the lake, right? Deflate it, deflate it. It takes me like 10 minutes of squeezing this raft and I come out. I'm like hanging out. There's a fire. We're chatting and I feel something weird on my foot. So I look down and there's like a loogie on my foot. Ew. But the loogie's going like this. Ew. Wriggling across my foot. It's a leech, dude. And I have like 30 leeches on my feet and legs. Oh my God. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, (laughs) so I freak out. Like, understandably. <laughs> and I do, a, like, a preliminary check. I try to get all, get them all off, but I don't know because I just don't know. So when I texted you guys, I also had to go home, get in the shower, and, like, search my body for leeches. <laughs> there wasn't any more, but it was still terrifying. Did they bite? That's what I felt on my foot. Like, it felt like a stung or a sting or something. And I was like, what the heck? And I looked down, and I see, like, the loogie-looking thing, and I was like, what is that? Bro. And then it moves like a cow tongue, and I was like, oh, my gosh, because I was just standing in the lake for 10, 15 minutes deflating this thing. Anyway, so that's kind of why I'm late and it was terrifying and I've never experienced leeches in my life and I didn't like it. So, dude, that's you a terrible die. excuse <laughs> for being late. Still um, should have been on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you should get that checked. I, I, I need to like search more because some of them were like this big, so I could barely even see them. And they were like tan. So it's like I couldn't, I could barely see if they were on my skin. Anyway, that's me. Let's roll.
Lyme's disease. <laughs> <laughs> That's ticks, dog. Oh, okay. Oh, 20. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light, lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you're needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, we want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest. Uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet, uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am and you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3am. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Wow. You have to tell all the stories tonight. Hell yeah. So Sean got a 20. I got a 7. And I got a 17. So it's going to go Sean, Charles, then DJ. Perfect. Let's do this. All right. All right, guys. I'm going to start us off with some stories tonight. My first story comes from actually recent follower on our Instagram. He hasn't even had a chance to listen to our podcast yet, <laughs> but I was talking to him. And he his, made a mistake, dude. <laughs> he, uh, his, uh, name is horror gamer. Oh, and I was like, bro, you got any scary stories? And he's like, yeah. And so he says, start sending me YouTube videos that he tells scary stories. Oh, shout out for another creator. Cool. Yeah. Horror gamer. The O's are zeros and the E is a three. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Noobs. <laughs> <laughs> so one of these stories actually in, let me preface this. One story is hella scary. I'm not telling that one right now. You best start. The other one is hella scary. I'll tell that one. Okay. Okay. So his first story that he sent me, he said when he was like 13 years old, he would every once in a while go and visit a cousin while he was growing up and they'd have like sleepovers. They'd play games. He remembered watching horror movies, all this stuff. Now his cousin, she had actually gotten this apartment pretty cheap because the previous resident had passed away while they were living there. So horror gamers cousin got the apartment cheap because the previous owner died while they were living there. Now he said, initially when you would walk into the apartment, you would get this weird vibe, just like creepiness. And as he continued to go over there over the weeks and months, weird stuff would be happening. Like they'd be sitting in the living room and the faucet would turn on. Or he said that doors would sound like they were slamming in the back hallway. And one time the light switch was going on off and on. Not like the light, 
the switch, you could see it going up and down. Ew. So, (laughs) general creepiness. Pretty standard haunting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, the previous resident had passed away, and supposedly, she hated cats. Now, this guy's cousin owned two cats. Wait, the, the person who died hated cats? Hated cats. Ooh. No, he said they could kind of tell that the cats could see or sense something as well. So every once in a while, they would stop and start meowing and hissing at like an empty doorway. (laughs) (laughs) And every once in a while, they'd just stop in the middle of a room, kind of like arch their backs and start like hissing at something they could see or sense, but no one else could. There would never be anything there. So one night, they're all sitting in the living room watching a movie when they hear the cat in the other room in the kitchen start to meow really loudly. They're like, okay, it's just another one of these these times. So they continue to watch the movie. Then it happens again, but louder. The cat starts meowing, and it's almost like panicked meowing this time. So they kind of jump up and run to the kitchen to see what's going on. And as they get to the kitchen doorway, they see the cat in the kitchen being dragged its tail is completely pulled out behind it and it's scratching at the floor as it's being dragged away by nothing. So his cousin, who had just had a baby, runs through the kitchen to the hallway to go and grab her baby because that's the first thing that comes to her mind. <laughs> F the cat, dog. <laughs> and he, at the same time, runs to grab the cat. And as he tries to grab the cat, he can tell that there's something pulling it. Like there is a force grabbing it and pulling it in the other direction. So he grabs the cat by the tail, yanks it. <gasps> the cat survived, first of all, just so everyone doesn't, you know, turn PETA, this off right PETA now. doesn't come after us. Yeah. Um, and then grabs the cat and he and his cousin and her kid all run out of this apartment. And right as they get out of the apartment, the door slams. So first of all, he never went back there. His cousin supposedly never went back there either. Like she went and stayed with her mom for several days and then moved out. She had like moving people come in and like grab her stuff. She wouldn't even go into the house anymore. That was his first experience he shared. I used to hang out with some hoodlum boys like when I was really young Mm -hmm. and we were chasing a cat with a cardboard box once. And we like are sprinting and like Corey or Drew, I can't remember who is in front and they're running with the box and the cat is running. It's about to jump up the fence and I see him like jump and slam the box on the ground. There's a big scuffle dust and he like slowly stands up and turns around and he's holding just the cat's tail. Oh, and I think he had like trapped the tail and it got away and it jumped away, fully pulled the cat tail off. Is it, does that happen often? I don't know, <laughs> but I just remember being there like, like a, young and seeing it and being like, what? Like a lizard or a gecko? <laughs> Dude, m- I was so young. Maybe I, I just, ha- I don't remember this memory, right? Because I, I, but I remember standing there seeing him and he's holding like a black tail and the end of it was just super white. That's all I remember. And he was just like, <gasps> Charles, little Charles is like, that's a delicious dinner. <laughs> 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 Dang it, I feel like uh, I was trying to make another Asian joke. Didn't have one. <laughs> My like kitten low mane. That's what it is. Uh, uh. 
But anyways, that was the first story he shared. The second one was where he had the experience of seeing a woman in black. Like, you just ruined it. <laughs> well, I'm not telling it right now. Oh, damn. <laughs> you guys are going to have to wait. There's more to it than that. There's more to it than that. Okay. Our next story, though, comes from Evan out of Idaho. Hey. And uh, he sent us, this, sent us this story with the whole Reddit post. So I wanted to share this with you guys. Real quick, is this the only one like that was good for you? <laughs> oh, wait. How did you get this? Um, this was one of the five that was sent to me. Really? Yeah. For, like screenshotted? No. Or why? Is it one that you were doing? The Coeur d'Alene one? Yeah. Is that the one you're doing? Then he submitted twice. He submitted like through the form, which Charles copied and sent to you, and then sent it in like a regular email, which I was going to share tonight. <laughs> Dude, it's happened. It finally happened. Oh, damn it. Okay, so I think we said if this ever happens, you guys have to go back and forth word to word. Yeah, and tell this it was together. one of the ones that was sent in the five. Go ahead. Tell, I'll interject uh, parts well, that I remember most or like chime in. Let's keep, let's keep it. No, dude, I got another one. Are you sure? Yeah, dude, that was your that was the story you were going to share. Are you sure? Yeah. Kiss. No. Now make out. Okay. Kiss. <laughs> so cut all of that. <laughs> anyway, so the cat, low main. <laughs> <laughs> so our second story happens to, uh, yeah, I don't have a name, so let's, I'm going to start that over. It's a guy and girl, non-binary what? Non-binary. <laughs> let's do Pat. Pat. So this next story happens to Pat. And no, I can't. <laughs> Choose a different name. <laughs> so this next story happens to a person. So this next story happens to Sandy. I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking SpongeBob characters because Patrick, and then I was like, can't uh, be Bob. To, uh, Sandy Cheeks. Uh, who else do I got? A man named Squidward. <laughs> <laughs> The midnight slasher. (laughs) Okay. Where does this take place? Maybe just say this comes out of whatever. Rock bottom. (laughs) Bikini bottom. Bikini's bottom. Chum bucket. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) So this next story happens to Steve. And Steve said back in high school, about 20 years ago, he went over to a friend's house for a sleepover. Their parents were out of town and he figured it would be kind of a night of pizza, video games. And as a side note, this was the first time they were sleeping over and he had only been to this house one more time before this time. Damn. That's a quick move to sleepovers. Yeah, dude. They were, you know, best friends at this point though. Um, So his house is pretty big. It's in the rich neighborhood up in the hills. So most of the homes in the area were built in the fifties or sixties. So you want to think like mid century, modern type homes. And over the years, his friend would tell him about the strange stuff that would happen in the house, like lights turning off and on doors, slamming shut, you know, basic haunting stuff. But he was always hesitant or weird about these stories when pressed further. So he just kind of assumed he was trying to mess with him and he never really believed much of the stories anyways. So prior to this main story, he went to the house one time and he remembered that going to the house for the first time, there's a front door and 
where he uh, would end up having to go through the front door this time because normally the garage would be open, but it wasn't. Um, he rang the bell and went through the front door and it kind of opens to a stairway. You can go up the, to the main floor of the house or you can also go down, which ends with two kind of doors across from each other. One door is a half bath and that was the one that they would always use. That's how we knew. But he tells me that there's a basement in the other door. So like across from this half bath, there's a door that leads to the basement. He tells me that there's a basement in the house and then kind of quickly changes the subject. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Um- so yeah, we, we went upstairs and we're hanging out in the kitchen when he mentioned the basement again, thinking it was weird how he didn't technically have a basement. And it was kind of confusing how he said that. Like, what do you mean? Like trying to backtrack almost? Maybe? Yeah. Like they didn't have a basement. So About that basement, it's, it's not really like a thing or anything. So like. Then he pressed for more information at this point. He said, well, I mean, technically we have a basement, but let me show you. So they go back downstairs, down through the hallway, and they open this doorway in the hallway that supposedly goes to the basement, and it's a dirt floor, as in the whole basement had been filled with dirt. Filled with dirt or just like never completed? No, filled with dirt. Ooh. So supposedly the people who owned the house before just filled this basement up. And the dirt was flushed to the bottom of the floor, the hallway floor, which is also weird. Like you're in this nice rich neighborhood and you probably have this nice wood or floor or something. And then there's dirt on the other side of this doorway. So he thinks it's weird. But that is not the creepiest thing that happened to him when he went over to the sleepover. And for our Patreon listeners, <laughs> you will be able to hear what did happen on this night of pizza and video games and horrors. Bro, do we get to know why they filled it in with dirt? You will have to find out. Oh. <laughs> but anyways, for our Patreon members, the night of the sleepover came. Steve goes over to his friend's house now for the second time. Dang, that's crazy. Thank you for that, Sean. Yep. All right. For me this week, I just have a couple short ones, but I got these ones in the way that I almost love best. Not to discredit anything else because I love a good story is a good story no matter what. But these came to me from asking people I met. And like I said, we were doing a lot of outdoor stuff, right? when I was in Oregon and one of the activities we did was we wanted to go rock climbing in this place called Smith rock in Oregon. First of all, Smith rock is beautiful. Like I want to take you guys. It's the craziest like formation. I don't know how it all came to be. Hold on. Let me see. I'll be able to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Is this where you went uh, climbing? Mm -hmm. Okay. So this doesn't do it justice. Was this Shayton's cell phone? Was it a cell phone? <laughs> yeah. Call, call of the devil? Or? <laughs> it's just like, and it's all, so this is what it looks like, and it's all almost hidden. I don't know how to explain it. Like the the road comes up to here, mm-hmm. so you can't even see it till you get to the edge, and then all of a sudden it like comes down to this crazy valley. The rocks look like southern Utah, and then. So we were climbing like around here. The valley looks like northern Utah. The shadow of death. <laughs> it's like green beautiful water and then it's oh, like wow that picture is probably on instagram <laughs> anyway so this is where we were super beautiful place um, we didn't know the terrain and 
most of it was lead climbing. Dope. So we didn't feel completely comfortable. So we asked, we, they hired a company and they would just send some people to come with us to show us what's up. Right. Yeah. So we go to our first route and the guy's like, Hey, what do you guys want to do? Uh, this one right here is called phone call from Satan. And I was like, yep, that's the one we're doing. That's when we're starting. He's like, serious. And I was like, yeah, let's start here. Just because I was like, dude, that's crazy. So the first route we did was phone call from Satan. Wait, who is the dude that took you? Just some random company. Yeah. Like Smith Rock Climbing. Or oh, you guys like, like hired him. Yeah. Yeah. Because we weren't really comfortable with lead climbing. Lead climbing is like you climb once, up without the rope and you set the carabiners on the little uh, bolts. Yeah. So there's a point where you're climbing up the wall and you're not strapped into anything and it's pretty dangerous. And the first bolt can be like seven feet or like 15, 20 feet. Yeah. If you fall, you're going to fall and put all that pressure on where you just set that carabiner on the bolt. Well, even before you put the first bolt, oh, you're yeah, not yeah, strapped that first into one is so yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I, I know. yeah. So anyway, you have Dude, to, be, I, I know what it is. Okay. <laughs> okay. Alex Honnold chill. <laughs> So you have to like be pretty experienced. Hence, this is why we hired this guy. And it's, I'm, I think it was a father and son, super cool dudes. They were like, you can tell just super chill. Like their whole life was climbing. And part of their side job when they're not taking people out is they travel around building climbing walls. They'd been to Cuba real quick. Shout out Caleb and Adam. That's who it was. Shout out. Um, so You're climbing. There's a lot of downtime. You're just chilling and we're just making small talk, right? And we climb phone call to Satan and it's, it's it's a super fun route, but we end up going to another route and the sun starts going down and I start just asking more and more questions. Just be like, (laughs) so like, you know, cause I don't just be like, dude, have you You seen a demon? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cause Satan called here. Yeah. Like, do you know about Satan? Yeah. <laughs> you got to ease into it. So I'm asking him just like, yeah, like, so how long have you been climbing? Oh, like, what's the craziest thing you've seen while climbing? Right. And I'm just asking questions. And then finally, I'm like, bro, what's, do you have any good stories? And I lead with that. And and Caleb, who's the younger one, he's like our age. He's like, what kind of, what kind of stories? And I was like, well, I'm not going to lie. I like scary stories. And immediately he's like, oh. And, uh, mayhaps. Yeah. <laughs> and he shares a story. He, he, right before that, he'd been like, do you guys do anything else? You know, like besides climbing. And I kind of told him, but I didn't tell him we had a podcast. So he shares that story. And I was like, okay, I actually do do. And I, we have a podcast where we tell scary stories and he's like, what? That's so cool. I was like, do you mind if I tell yours? And he's like, yeah. And then his dad heard that. And he came down. He's like, uh, I got some stories too. Oh, <laughs> So I'll start with the dads. So his dad comes over and I don't know. He had like this energy where he like wanted, he was like excited to tell it. But at the same time, he like, he was telling it quietly, almost like he didn't really want to be heard by everyone. So it was just weird energy. Right. And there's just something about that interaction. I love more than anything. It's like you're connecting with this person and they're excited to like share their thing with you. Right. So his dad's first one, he said, you know, I was, uh, just picture this guy. He's like long hair, super outdoorsy guy. Okay. And he's like, you know, like several, several years back, I was climbing Mount Whitney with a group of friends. We get to the top of Mount Whitney and there's a stone building at the very top of Mount Whitney in California. And this building has like a metal, like corrugated iron roof thingy 
on top and we're all stoked. We just summited, right? So we all go inside the little hut to like, you know, celebrate and just talk, talk. And all of a sudden an explosion goes off and he instantly drops to the ground in a fetal position. Everyone drops to the ground. Lightning had struck the roof of this tiny little shack. That's wild. And I was like, oh, like, dang. I was like, did you like feel the energy, like the electricity? And he's like, I thought I was dead. He's like, I couldn't even comprehend anything. I thought I was dead. And that was his first story. Damn. And I was like, dude, that is intense. Bro, this this, this dude's been around. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you could kind of tell. He, yeah. His next story was in Oregon. Um, and this is, I think, a bit back, like a long time ago, before cell phones. So him and a buddy, they had a cabin and they needed to go. They wanted to go collect firewood stock up for the entire season. So they rented a U-Haul, big ass U-Haul, like the ones you use to move. They drive this thing way up into the mountains, like way past where they should, right? And they have their chainsaws and they go to town and they fill this U-Haul up. And I was like, damn, that must have been like a heavy. And he's like, yeah, it was, it was filled to the brim. It was the biggest U-Haul you could get. <laughs> so him and his buddy are going and he's driving and they're way up in the mountains and they get onto the road and they're going down a super steep road when the brakes go out. And so he's like pressing on the brakes. It's not working. Engine brakes? Nothing. He looks at his friend and it's just like so scary. You can't even like comprehend. And he said, as he's realizing this, as he's like communicating to to his friend, like the brakes are going, he said, every second we were exponentially getting faster. And he said within seconds, easily over 70 miles per hour. Is this nighttime? I think it's getting closer to night. Okay. Because they spent all day. Yeah. Getting that. But keep in mind, this is the heaviest U-Haul you can. That mass is just traveling down a mountain with zero, zero pushback. So he's like, we need to jump. We need to jump. You know, the wind is. It's just like. And so he opens his door and he steps out onto the, the little bar. And he looks at his friend and he's like, we got to jump. We're going to die. We got to jump. And his friend's like freaking out. Like, I, I, no, I don't think I can. I don't think I can. So he doesn't want to leave his friend. He's looking and he's like, by this time, we're going 60 plus. And he's looking for a place to jump. As they're going down the mountain, they go straight through a telephone pole. He said, didn't even jolt the car. He went and just snapped right through the telephone pole. And so they're going He's looking for a place to jump. We got to jump screaming at his friend. And he's like, I didn't want to leave him. And as he's thinking that he looks down and it's air below him. Oh, he's holding onto the door, looking down air. They're airborne. And then boom, hits somewhere off the road in the bushes and shrubs. He is like all of a sudden pushed up against the outside of the car because trees and bushes are going by trying to like push 
push the cart because he's outside now, like holding oh. the car door because he was stepping on. He was like stepping out to jump, right? He said the most commotion, like all I could think of was to hold on to this door and everything, bushes, trees, branches, slapping him, pushing him into the, the thing. And he's like, just hold on, just hold on to the door. And then boom, they hit a tree. And he says, he goes flying, he lands, dazed, stands up, blood trickling down his face. He has a huge cut on his head. And he looks back at the U-Haul. And he said, the end of the U-Haul, which used to be like 30 feet away or 20 feet away, is now four feet from the front. So the tire U-Haul is like this. And he can't see his friend. There's wood everywhere, like an explosion, just all these logs everywhere. He's freaking out, cannot see his friend because the entire truck is now an accordion. So he's freaking out, calling for his friend, but he's thinking the worst, right? Climbs back up onto the road and he sees his friend running down the street. And he's like, oh, because he thought his friend was dead. He thought his friend was smushed. Yeah, yeah. His friend's running down the street just being like, dude, like, are you okay? Why are you okay? What happened? What happened? Are you okay? And he's like, what happened? Like, where'd you go? And he's, he's like, I jumped. <laughs> I jumped. But they were going so fast. When the friend jumped, he couldn't handle the speed. So he hit the asphalt. Ass first. And just went, slid on his cheeks. You know what that's called? You know what that's called? What? A meat crayon. Oh, ew, ew. Well, that's exactly what happened because his friend turns around. There's no jeans. There's no ass. He said it just was hamburger down the back of him. <laughs> How did he run to him? Like, yeah, are, are you okay? Dude? I think he's, he's in like, shock, no, dude. Complete shock. Are you he okay? has to be bro. in shock, bro. He left half his ass on the road. You don't got cheeks. Are you okay? <laughs> he's a reverse Kardashian. He's an assless chap. <laughs> <laughs> You're grounded, dude. That was his best. <laughs> Dude, you're ready. That might have been you're, the best pun in the world. You're ready to be a dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gosh damn you. <laughs> He's an assless chap. <laughs> They're in complete shock. The story is pretty tame from there. They have no cell phone, so they have to like walk out. Eventually, they flag down a car. He said U-Haul wasn't happy with them. <laughs> that was that story. Yeah, I can, I can imagine U-Haul would be upset. <laughs> I don't know what happened to his assless friend. <laughs> Are they still friends? Yeah. But anyway, when he was telling that, he was almost emotional because you could tell he was like reliving it. Like close to tears at some point, it felt like. And like I said, he was like almost trying to just tell me there was like people around us, but he was like just trying to tell me. So anyway, his stories, you know, not the normal paranormal stories, but still I was just like glued, right? Crazy experiences. Still a scary story. Yeah. I mean, I ain't trying to lose cheeks. So yeah, yeah terrifying. <laughs> or friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but his son. So his son is like, yeah, I got a story. So one night it's around 2 a.m. 
and him and his friend are bored. We've all been there. So they're like, what do we do? They both strap their kayaks to the top of their car and just drive up into the mountains at 2 a.m. He said they went way far out. And this kid's an outdoors kid. So he, I can imagine they went way far out. Get to a lake. They have little flashlights. Their kayaks. They get in. They're having fun. They take off into the middle of the lake. And he said the moon was really bright that night. That's sick. So in the moonlight, they're going around and all of a sudden something swims by his kayak. Something big. And he sees it and gets spooked and instantly just like paddles away from it as fast as he can, right? Yeah. Gets to his friend. He's like, he doesn't say anything because it's, you know, just not sure what it is. Doesn't want to freak him out for no reason. They're kind of going around, but now he's a little on edge. They keep kayaking around. And this time, both him and his friend see something else swim close to their kayak and then swim off. And they're like, oh, kind of paddle away from it. And they're like, bro, what is that? Because nothing that big should be in this little lake. (laughs) And now the whole mood has changed. It started as like a fun, let's go be crazy. And now it's like, uh, we're in the wilderness alone at 2 a.m. With something swimming below us. And some multiple things, they said. Not alone. Is swimming around <laughs> in the water near them. So the whole mood has changed. They're now way on edge. Just as they're freaking out about what's happening in the water, they hear a snap on the edge of the water. And if you've ever been on a lake, especially a mountain lake, noise carries. Mm-hmm. You can have a conversation like across like a mountain lake because it just noise carries. So they hear this deafening snap of a twig and they look over. They shine their flashlight at whatever was making a noise. And they can barely make out the outline of what they think is an animal and two glowing red eyes. And Caleb, I'm sure asked his friends like, bro, what, what do you think that is? And like, It's got to be a deer. It's got to be a deer. It's like around deer height, you know? So as they're looking at that again, they hear like a little splash and the thing in the water has come back near them and then goes away. So they're fully freaked out. They've had their fun. They're done. Like, we need to get out of here. They're like, okay, I got to know what's in the water. And so they can see like rippling far off and this thing bobbing up and down. And they both are like, okay. They're like, let's just go look at it. And then we'll dip. We'll get out of here. So they see it. They're going closer and closer and closer. They get right up on top of it. Takes his flashlight out, turns it on, throws it on the thing. And it's a big log. <laughs> and there's a ton of logs in the rip, in the lake around them. And they're like, oh, good. Okay, let's get out. Get to shore. As they pull their boats out, they hear another snap. It's coming from the same spot as the deer. And they're like pulling their kayaks and they hear it. They shine their flashlight over and they see the shining, he said, shining red eyes. But this time, it's six feet plus in the air. It's way high. And they can barely see the outline of something six plus feet in the air. And it's staring right at them. They both go silent grab their kayaks, throw it on, strap it as fast as they can. And they said, as they did that, they were, they kept looking back at this thing, shining at their flashlight on it. 
and it's slowly backed up into the trees, staring at them the whole time. He said, he said, he used the word glaring at them. Oh. And they see it just back up into the trees, disappear. It's like a Homer Simpson. Into yeah. the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> like Shathan Homer Simpson. <laughs> uh, but they jump in their car and peel out as fast as they can. And he's like, I don't know. He, you could tell he was like, I, I don't know what it was. He's like, I have no idea what it was. I really did thought it, think it was a deer until it got way higher. He's like, but I, I just don't know what it was. And that's how he finished the story. Damn. I love that. <laughs> Dude, that really is the best way to get a story. As much as I love the emails and, and whatnot, it's like word of mouth in person, especially if it's a firsthand Mm. Like you get to, they, they're kind of, like you said, reliving it for a second. Yeah. You, you get like all see the it emotions. In their eyes. Yeah. And yeah. I think what happens is like when you talk to the person who experienced it, they have this energy and they like transfer it to you. And if you're a good storyteller, you're able to keep that and then channel that when you retell it. So 100%. like it's just stronger that connection somehow. Once again, Please submit your stories. Yeah. We're not knocking on the submissions at all. We've had the same experience through emails, probably not as frequent, but it's but there. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it was just an, it was a fun experience. The climbing was great. They took us on hard routes. Like we, they were hard and we had to like figure crazy like movements out and they had to coach us through. Um, but they were just awesome. Two awesome people that we met. And I just happened to ask that. And that's what came of it. So it's like everyone out there, ask around because someone's got a someone's got a story. When you get that story, submit it to us. <laughs> <laughs> but we appreciate it. Love that. Is that you? That's me, dude. Thank you. And what was his name? Both of their names? Caleb and Adam. Thanks, Caleb and Adam. All right, it's me. So funny story <laughs> uh, or anecdote. Uh, Sean and I were prepared to share the same story. Uh, there was some mix up in the, uh, how we both got this story, but, uh, yeah. So <laughs> chime in, dude. All right. So this story comes from Evan and it takes place in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Have you been to Coeur d'Alene? I haven't. It's Neither dope. have I. I, I heard it's I one of the most beautiful places. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Coeur d'Alene, beautiful town. I heard it's similar to like Jackson hmm. almost. But um, this takes place there. I'm not sure if Evan's from here, but this takes place about a year after high school. Him and his best mates find a house, and I think it's like their first time living away from home. And they all move in together, so they're stoked, you know, to have their own house, their own space, and they're hanging out. And it was a small, pale yellow house with a separate side garage, and. After a few months of living there, they hadn't noticed anything creepy until what he says, and I quote, nothing was odd until we found the skin. Hold on. <laughs> One moment, please. Uh, Hold on. I don't like that <laughs> at all. <laughs> Me neither, dude. That was The a best cool case scenario is it's a pelt. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um... Well, they, they're they not sure. I mean, that I'm, I'm agreeing that that is the best case scenario. Okay. <laughs> okay. So they're, they hang out in the garage from time to time, usually just hang out, have some beers, talk after a long day of work. And I guess they were 
cleaning the garage out or something, but on the side of the garage is a fence and it's like a small two foot space. Mm-hmm. And they found the skin and they said it was a poor attempt that they think was pelt. It was stretched over like this two by two plywood kind of thing. And there were rusty nails like on the edges of this, this piece of plywood. That was the start of uh, hearing and experiencing strange things. Soon after that, they got to know their neighbors. They got to know their mailman. And they started hearing, you know, hearsay stories about previous tenants. They were hearing stories about how tenants, maybe like two or three tenants ago, were just psycho. Uh, neighbors would see and find severed dog and cat heads in the yard, the backyard. The mailman uh, said that he's been delivering there for a long time and one day opened the mailbox and found a leg of a deer uh, inside, which is just sick, you know? Um, Dude, first of all, cats are taking an L on this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that the name of this episode? Yeah. Cats take an L? Yeah. <laughs> uh, pour one out for my cats. <laughs> Assless chap. Shaitan. <laughs> so oh, Damn, we just regress like, <laughs> sorry, our IQ. Anyway, no, you're totally good. Um, these stories are flooding in and, and things start to get creepier as these stories are. I imagine like the mailman being like, and here's your mail. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, there was dead cats and dogs. Here. Yeah. Good day. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 what? <laughs> it's like, excuse me, dude, you're going to have to elaborate. Um, they finally got to experience this for themselves. One night they're hanging out again in the garage, drinking beers there. They've already been there for a few months and Evan is sitting on a chair and he's leaning back and he accidentally knocks down a old lamp on a table behind him. The lamp falls, light bulb shatters the shatters right in front of this a fireplace that's in the garage, which now I'm thinking about it. Why is there a fireplace in the garage? Sus. It seems like a <laughs> multi-purpose kind of room, not just a garage, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is Idaho. So like they dumb. No, <laughs> <laughs> it gets cold. So who knows? Um, they were told by their landlord not to use the fireplace um, for safety reasons. So they just never touched it, but he's cleaning up the glass from the light bulb and there's like the iron kind of gate fold in front of the fireplace. And he's like, oh, we've never used this. What's, I don't know, what else could be behind this? Honestly, like if I was in an old ass house, I'd be looking up the fireplace for like hidden things. Oh, yeah. yeah. Remember the Kachina doll? Yep. Yeah. So, oh man, that was one of my favorite stories. Anyway, um, <laughs> he opens up this double iron gate door and. The fireplace has two birds laid out as somebody got their wings and stretched them out and they're side by side, tip to tip. Oh, just touching <laughs> tips. Yeah. Touching tips. <laughs> I see. Um, and he said the worst part of this was that they seemed fresh. Oh no. That it was it. Uh, they weren't super decayed. Frick, dude, this just went from <laughs> They've like been here for months, six now? to 11. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> so he, he says that 
the amount of time that these crows or blackbirds, he said, were there, it couldn't have been longer than the time that we were, you know, since we first moved in. Bro, okay, put yourself in that situation. You pull it back. First of all, the initial shock of seeing that is like, oh, this is so gross. And then it starts sinking in. Wait, they're not skeletons. And then you realize. Hail, shaitan. <laughs> Dude, you're just. <laughs> just close those <laughs> <Yeah>. doors. <laughs> uh, give me another beer, y'all. Just yeah, <laughs> smash that glass <laughs> right in your eye. Yeah. Like, I wish I didn't see that. <laughs> Everyone's like, Dude, Chad, chill. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it Chad? I don't know. <laughs> Brad. Uh, that reminds me the way you said they were, sh- their wings were stretched, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Touch and tips. Have you ever heard of a blood eagle? Yeah. Uh, okay. What's a blood eagle? Blood eagle is a reference to like a medieval torture method. Viking. Viking tor- torture method. And I don't know the exact details of it. If you've watched, uh, the only movie I've seen it is a midsummer. Uh, it's towards the uh, end, but basically they open you up while you're alive. All of this is done super surgically, but they open you up from the back and they spread your back like wings. Yeah. Like this stretched wide. Yeah. Wow. And like sometimes they take out like your organs, not like sever them, but they keep you alive. Yeah. They keep you alive, but they're taking things out of your body that and shouldn't be taken in out. your lungs. Yeah. Hmm. So you look that and that's called a blood eagle death. Hmm. But that's just the imagery of you seeing like the reminded me of that. Yeah. Okay. So back to the worst thing in the so, world. Yeah. <laughs> so Evan and, and his homies are, are pretty freaked out around the same time. Evan is starting to get sleep paralysis, which doesn't help. <laughs> uh, he said, I think too crazy happened. He said he would wake up, go to his computer across the room and he'd be on his computer type and he turns around and he looks back at his bed and he's sleeping in his bed. Frick, dude, that's terrifying. And he said that would loop sometimes four or five times in the night. So uh, all of these things are happening and uh, he, there's just like a heightened sense of awareness and paranoia. Something's going on. Yeah. So one day they're out on their front porch playing magic the gathering oh no (laughs) when they notice a huge swarm of flies running around this window and they're looking at the flies they're wondering why is that there they're looking at the window and they all look at each other and they say we've never been on the other side of that window where is that it looks like it's a window to an attic. So they're looking through the house. Obviously, there's no stairs up to the attic. They're looking for a door in the ceiling. They go into every room. They don't find it until they go into Evan's room. Damn it. And it's not just in his room. It's in his closet. Oh. After looking through the whole house, they find that this is the only entrance into the attic. So, bravely, they pop open the the door in the ceiling. The Sean of the group does this. Yeah, the Sean of the group (laughs) pops open the door in the ceiling, sticks his head in, cobwebs, old. He doesn't quite see anything 
mostly because it's dark, but he wants to explore further. Dude, my heart's racing. So he pulls himself up and he's walking on the, what do you call those? Beam rafters? Yeah. Yeah. Just to be safe, you know. And he walks from one end towards the other. And as he gets closer to the other end of the attic, his view of it goes from dark to somewhat visible. And as he's walking, he says he can see a fully assembled twin-size bed frame. Luckily, nobody's in it. But that thing has been up there the whole time. This is the first time finding the attic. Months into them living into this house. Or living in this house. He said there was no way for that thing to come up fully put together. Like it had to go up in pieces and somebody went up there and assembled it in the attic. Uh, Steve's like, do you have an attic? (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a a twin size bed? Is that a nook? (laughs) (laughs) But, um. I'm sorry, that was like no bad timing. Anyway. No, 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 you're fine. Um, this Dude, actually that, is the meticulousness of that is ter- like everything about this is like premeditated to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Gross. Um, unfortunately for the story, nothing else happened or oh. came to light. No, <laughs> nothing else paranormal even. What about the flies? No answer to that. That's weird, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird because it, it took them that long to realize they had that in their house. Like they were living with that. Bro, if you move into a new place, you need to investigate a little. You need to check everything. No, I, no I knock that's on me. Evan. Is it Evan? Yeah. No knock on Evan. I'm not asking you what you were wearing. But like, this is just for anyone from now on. Like, let's learn from this a little. <laughs> uh, you move into a house, especially an old one that has history where you're a mailman is low-key telling you it's haunted you need to do a little investigating you might even want to do that investigating before you move in or before you sign a lease would be my recommendation sometimes check the nooks check the basements yeah yeah. check them even after like almost a year of living here every time i come home i like check the house still for sure i do a whole sweep (laughs) but uh that was just a quick story by evan but it's like it's relatable. Everybody knows what it's like finding something old around your house. Maybe not like skin, <laughs> you know, Hopefully. but like everyone knows what it's like to go up into the attic and, you know, feel creeped out by the old musty air and the darkness of it. I think the scariest part of that is like, there's a lot of randomness to hauntings or paranormal stuff, but this one, it exhibits some calculating moves by someone or something you don't know what it is and that to me is scary like the scariest thing or scenario to be in is to like be ignorant and unaware not in ignorant what's a better word be naive or unaware oblivious that's the perfect word you're oblivious to something that's happening all around you and then when you finally freaking realize you're in the middle of it and you've missed all these signs (laughs) that's terrifying yeah realizing like somebody is like pulling strings and you're the mouse yeah and somebody's been like watching all of this unfold or something you're the elephant and he's the flaming pigs yeah (laughs) (laughs) but that's me tonight thanks evan for sending that in dude thank you evan uh might cut this i know someone whose dad used to get really hammered with his friends and after one of their like night with the boys 
There was a lot of neighborhood cats in the front yard with arrows through them. Oh, cats be taking an L, dog. Damn. Which is like, you can go to jail for that. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, thanks for this episode. <laughs> it's oh. been a fun one. I, I had fun. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening. Everyone, thanks for sending in your stories. Thanks for the love and support <laughs> on our social. Hit us up. DM us. If you got a story, send it in. If you don't have a story, then here's homework. Go out and get a story. Either experience your own. Please be careful. They're and not safe. recommended. Yeah. Or start asking everyone because everyone's got a story and they'll tell you they don't. But then if you share one of your own or something, I guarantee everyone's got a story. Yeah. Loosen it up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Ooh. Uh, anyway. Uh, everyone out there, thank you so much. Bye. Love you. Be safe. Be careful out there. Trust your gut and watch your back. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of 3AM. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the 3AM pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so, submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So file uploads are welcome with your written submissions. We're anxious and excited to hear from you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Amy and Vanessa from She Goes by Jane, where we shine light on the stories of missing and unidentified women. On November 7th, we're sharing Nahida's story for the first time in a podcast. And this is a story that I thought I knew, but after reading police reports, became more complicated than I thought. When investigators are called to Nahida Khatib's house, everything looks fine. Her purse is on the kitchen table, her cup of coffee is on the counter, and her two-year-old niece is in her playpen. The only thing amiss? Nahida is missing. Every week, we feature a poem written in honor of the person we're talking about. This week, we're joined by one of our favorite actresses. You might know her from Sister Act or King of the Hill or The Descendants. But if you're like us, you'll know her from Hocus Pocus. She's the much-beloved Kathy Najimy. Join us November 7th to hear Nahida's story.